0: let's go to joshua chapter six today i'm going to do a little uh, uh, covering some ground we've been traveling for the last few weeks as a matter of fact i think today will be seven and next week will be our uh... ending it'll change over we have traveled with brother gary and will we've traveled for the last six weeks together with. Ch- jacob I'm, I'm sorry with uh, uh boy I'm, I'm joshua joshua and the children of israel uh, i was so tired after the yesterday, yesterday morning i got up and um, got a cup of coffee and just got so sleepy again i laid down on the couch i didn't wake up until 11 o'clock I had a little lunch and did a little stuff and I had laid back down again and didn't wake up till 2 and I'm still tired. (laughs) There's something about crossing that 60 mark, (laughs) something there. Anyway, we've been traveling with Joshua. We've been traveling with the children of Israel and watching God start to move. We covered the fact that God never changed his mind about the promise 800 plus years before to the old patriarchs. Ladies and gentlemen, God intends that his will be accomplished. The only person and the only thing I know on planet Earth that can limit God is the human being, and they can only do that because God has voluntarily limited himself to giving us a free choice and a free will, and Satan will do everything that he possibly can to try to turn that, if he can, to an evil way. We see it every day. I thank God we pray for uh, Ukraine and these people. We should not only be watching Ukraine, we should watch the world, but we should watch the United States. States. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in changing times. I believe the Lord could be preparing the return of his Christ. What a day we're going to have when we see the Lord. Amen. Amen. This this chapter, chapter 6, we are finally going to get here. We've talked about they prepared to move, and God said, then I want you to prepare to see. Not only did the spies go and see the fortified cities, not only did they see the soldiers and the organized army and the walls of Jericho, they also saw into the supernatural and the natural where God had already gone before, and those men and women feared. The scripture says they had no strength, no courage, Courage in their heart. God always goes before us in battle. And they saw. Then I. I placed this in this list after I received it I talked about being on the east side of the Jordan and they're camped out now and God says you're going to cross this Jordan and they became crossover people ladies and gentlemen I want Christ's legacy to be filled with crossover people how many of you know that we must have faith in God and that we must obey and we must follow we talked about this we should prepare to speak the twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan and and crossed at its worst season because of the rains. The 12 stones will speak of that generation to the next generations. Then we've talked about, um, last week we were talked about God as a holy God. All of a sudden, they felt tremendous victory when they crossed Jordan. Now they're ready to take Jericho, but God says, stop, wait a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, God's a holy God. If we're gonna do God's work, we must be holy people. And we talked about circumcision was reestablished because the previous generation had been circumcised. This new generation had not. We must be holy people. And they reinstituted the Passover. We must understand that we're dealing with eternity. And now we are ready, we are posed, poised. We are ready for Jericho. How many of you are ready for Jericho? You got a wall against you or something that's always been there a long time, the promises of God perhaps you've had to wait on? A long time coming, Lord, I've prayed and I've prayed, I've believed. Ladies and gentlemen, when you sense the Spirit of God moving, it's time to be on our knees. I love the song, We Will Fight Our Battle on Our Knees. Joshua chapter 6 the Battle of Jericho here we finally are this is one of the stories of the Bible that literally captures your imagination you cannot read Joshua 6 and not come up with a mental picture of how this happened but giving this story what I want to call and study a beyond Sunday look it raises questions follow me closely. It raises questions about miracles. It raises raises questions about the relationship of God and humanity. This morning in this message, we must decide, are we going to rationalize away what happened, or are we going to take what God did in a supernatural and a factual way? We're either going to believe God or we're going to dismiss God. But ladies and gentlemen, with this kind of a victory, I will tell you, it gives you faith to believe that God, as I started last week, can do anything, anyway, anytime, anyhow he wants. This, in, through this message this morning, I want us to ask ourselves, take a good hard look at ourselves, at others, at God. Where are you in your journey today? What, what Jericho is in front of you? What has God promised? What have you desired? What journey are you on today? And let's let God place us in a place of triumph. In one way, this is a strange story about an ancient battle. But I doubt if there's hardly anyone, at least maybe in our society, maybe now, but they could probably sing Joshua at the Battle of Jericho. Come on. Come on. And the Walski. How many of you learned that when you were a child in Sunday school? I told you I'd do that, Jamie. I walked in the foyer this morning and I got dared to do that. (laughs) This is a difference to hardly anyone perhaps hadn't heard about the battle of Jericho. We made songs about it. When I was a kid, I learned to play it on a guitar. But watch me, listen, in another way, it is a model for victorious living. Today I want to talk about that model in very practical terms. Here in Joshua 6, Israel is enjoying things it had only dreamed about and believed about and can I say faith for over 800 years. In preparing, they have crossed the Jordan in supernatural fashion. They have begun now to possess the land and something that is really different for this new generation. They're beginning to enjoy some of the benefits. They ate the fruit. They begin to get some of the grain, and suddenly the manna has stopped. Their whole world has changed. I want you to know God always has better things for us once we get past the battle. But here they are. They're not finished. God is about to teach Israel additional important principles as they prepare to face their enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I live in a late hour, and God wants to teach us principles, not just ideology, but principles about following him. Following God's plan and living in God's will does not exempt us from trouble and opposition. As a matter of fact, the more we head toward Jericho, the more we, we try to follow the Lord and, and anticipate a battle, sometimes I believe the enemy tries to, to raise the enemy. But as we today follow his will and as we become obedient to him, I want you to know that as we follow God, he sets us up to triumph. God wants us to win. God has ordained that we win i I played golf years ago and and i I would you know I never was all that good at it. I played about average probably you know around one hundred and twenty five if I counted honestly <laughs> I, I want to tell you a lot of people have trouble with math on a golf course, and <laughs> maybe know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing with our previous superintendent one year and we were playing a big tournament district wide and we were in a distant city and there was a we were eight men and you played the scramble and I noticed our superintendent he kept score for all eight of us and we'd shout our numbers out and shout our I learned something about Brother Newburn that day Brother Gary we got that all we played about five or six holes and I noticed a guy that was kind of having trouble with his math and he said what did you have what did you have and he turned around and told a number and uh brother newburn rolled out of that golf course said you had one off the box you went out of bounds it's two that's three four five it looks like six to me what do you think oh that must be right (laughs) i noticed he didn't have any trouble with math the rest of the day (laughs) isn't it amazing we want to win something. I just hit it, dip it, miss it, misdirect it, too long, too short. I just go, you never know how much powder's in the gun. That's all I can say. And then all of a sudden, whatever it is, you and it just clicks and it goes and it lands and it's just awesome. I want to tell you, that's what keeps you coming back through the 600 misses before. You know, I like to fish, but I like to catch a fish too. I mean, a lot of people don't have those kind of pain. Every once in a while, we're designed to win because God wants to encourage us as we travel through this life. I love what Billy Graham said. He read the last chapter, folks, the genuine twice-born men and women and young people are the people that win. We're in a battle, but let's determine God's going to see that we win. God is going to ensure that Israel triumphs over Jericho. However, I want you to note this. It will not be the way Israel expects. So I want to be careful to teach us something this morning. When you and God are talking and you're reading and you feel like the Word of God is speaking to you, I want you to understand we do have a mind and we need it and God gave it to us to use. But I want to tell you something. You may not always add up in your mind how God is going to do something. So let's travel with that. Notice what God is doing and how he does it and how Israel must prepare to triumph. Listen, God's not going to reach over here and take this nation from the east side, drag them through the water, give them grain and fruit and put them before Jericho and say, I'm going to drag you across these walls. We have to do our part. The Davidsons had to travel and leave home and go all the way to Ireland in a land they didn't know. Let me tell you, God requires cooperation with us. So I want to talk about what he does and how he does it and how we must prepare ourselves to cooperate with God. Number one is this, God selects his own way. I feel like taking my shoes off like the Old Testament holy ground with, with Joshua and Moses. God selects his own way. Paul wrote in Romans eleven thirty three. oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. Ladies and gentlemen, as you travel, you need to keep that in mind every day. We serve a supernatural God. Well, everybody should say amen. Israel will learn that understanding God's plan and God's power and God's prize or God's goal He sometimes accomplishes what he wants by unexpected means Follow me. I want to say three things about that unexpected means number one at times God his ways go against logic Joshua 6 1 through 2 let's read Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see that I have given Jericho into your hand its king and the mighty men of valor. Jericho was an established, functioning city with a well-organized army. Forty years before, it has known to be inhabited also by giants. Notice God's description, the mighty men of valor. I believe it's in reference to the army and perhaps giants that were still there. Logic says to fight an army, you need what an army! Yet God is not obligated, ladies and gentlemen, to use human logic. God is not God is not obligated to use human logic. Listen, I've tried to get God to do things my ways till I'm tired of it, and I think God says, "Finally, hard head." I love to say this. I like. I've I've te- kept try, I, most of my ministry, Brother Gary, I've, I've tried to get God to look what time it is. God, you see what time, see this God, I've learned God has his own watch. He doesn't need mine. He doesn't want it. A lot of times it will not be logical. Secondly, many times God's ways will go against reason. Look at verse three through five. You will march around the city, all of you men of war. You shall go all around this city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumps of ram horns before the ark but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priest shall blow the trumpets. Then it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the shout of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. That's pretty amazing. Let's see, how reasonable is that? If you were to go plant it, how would you plant it? How? God's, ladies and gentlemen, God's ways sometimes go against human reason. Thirdly, quickly, oft times his ways go, goes against, uh-oh, common sense. But you know, that shouldn't be a problem today because I don't think there is much common sense around anymore. <laughs> Wow. On the surface, this seems to be an impossible situation. I mean, let's just think about it a minute. Let's go to the human element. How? What kind of confidence do you have as a soldier in this army? And we're not we're not going to take conventional weapons of war. We're going gonna to march six times, which makes us look foolish. They've been shouting at us from the walls. We probably feel humiliated. The only thing I can say is this. Ladies and gentlemen, at a time like that, when Joshua gives us orders and says, march, we need to remember what God had just done. We had just... Just be crossed the Jordan at the flood tide, and a miraculous thing. God has just changed our diet for the rest of our lives. God has done miraculous things. Do not let Satan rob you of your faith for the future, because what? Because God has done something in our past, and it's so important. We we stay balanced. Here it is. It's an impossible situation, but God's ways at. at at Israel did not have to make sense, and it doesn't have to make sense to us. Israel learned then, and we need to know today, God sets his own way. Secondly, God selects his own outcome. We just read verse 5, Joshua 5. It talks about, it, it talks about the outcome, so watch this. Young people, God already has an outcome for your life he has planned. God already has a plan. Even before you were born, God had a purpose. That's the reason he made you. Mom and dad, parents, grandparents, God has an outcome already planned for our lives. And God determines, here it is, his own results. Not you, not me. Notice with God. First, his outcome is already in view. Let's look at verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See. I, I want to stop on that word right there. The Lord said to Joshua, See. Watch this word see. It means perhaps reason or understand this. Understand, reason, Joshua. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how things are going to be. But I want to tell you, there's a difference. see. God outcome is already in his view. And I think God is saying in his spirit to Joshua, I want you to see beyond your natural eyes. I want you to see in the spirit realm. I'm already there. This is accomplished. I I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, God sees our tomorrow and our next tomorrow and the next one. God's already there. He sees. Why in the world shouldn't we have faith in a God that's already got the outcome? Well, then, Pastor, I do nothing. That's the reason for the message. Prepare to move. Prepare to believe. Prepare to see. Prepare to triumph. Prepare to experience. Prepare to triumph. We have to prepare for that. He has his own view. God saw the triumph already accomplished. What remained for Israel and what remains for us today is to believe and trust and obey. This is where it's vital to understand something, and that is this. God's ways do not always match our logic, our reason, our common sense, but also with his ways, the outcome, ladies and gentlemen, is already in his view. How many of you want to have faith and travel with God that you accomplish that triumph? Amen. Notice, secondly, his outcome, God's outcome is not by chance. Verse 5 said, the wall will fall flat. Well, you know, Pastor, God just tells me some things or speaks to me, I just can't believe it. that's reason or logic. Is tries to put God in that. That's why you pray. That's why you read the Word. That's why you stay out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. You're faithful. You do the battle on your knees as we sing, ladies and gentlemen. God is not in a hurry. The only time I've ever seen God where I see him as a, as a type of God is the prodigal's father when he would go to the road every day and look for the prodigal, anxious that his son would come back. Otherwise, I've never seen God in a hurry. I've never—I've se- said so many times, if you don't know what to do, get still until you do know what to do, because God will speak through prophets. God will speak through his word. He said, but I want to tell you, God would rather speak to you directly than anybody to you. God's outcome is not by chance. God not only determines what would happen, he also determined how the event would turn out. This is not a maybe or a hope so outcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is an outcome of which God is certain. As a matter of fact, God made this statement and was certain for the past 800 years. He's 800 years right. He's 800 years faithful. He's 800 years trying to get these people to walk in faith beyond logic and reason and understand that he's already got the outcome plan. If you and I become holy like God is holy and we're obedient to God, let me tell you something. God wants to let us have a good golf shot every once in a while. If you miss that, sorry. All Israel had to do was follow God's instruction. So God selects his own way. Secondly, God selects his own outcome. Thirdly, God selects his own criteria. We read it, chapter uh, verse five again. All the people shall shout. God sets his own criteria, specifically who he wants to participate. So I want to to talk about leadership a minute. Leadership is called to lead, but leadership can't lead without followership. Leadership can't lead without followership. And ladies and gentlemen, it is in ministry and in so many things to get people to cooperate sometime can be a miracle within itself. I wish sometimes truthfully that you could get up and take an offering instead of me or you could leave something instead of me. How many will follow? How many will obey? How many will participate? And sometimes you just go, where did everybody go? I will tell you this, it's different sitting out there than it is standing here. It's different. And I believe we ought to treat each other like we'd like to be treated. So I just want to tell you, when I adjure you to do something, I'd sure sort of like for you to participate. Amen? Amen. If you didn't say amen to that, go try to lead something and see if they don't see where you stand sometime. It's it's lonely sometimes. Yeah, but here's what, wait, I'm going to hit us. We want to reason. Yeah, but pastors wants us to do this. And logic says, don't do this. We just, sometimes we try to get by with the minimal. And we put on our side, Joshua didn't just do the minimal. Joshua went above and beyond the call of duty. Wow. He selects his own criteria. As Israel pursues, possessing this land, God will change the criteria. But for the triumph over Jericho, God wanted to use every person in Israel. He didn't even let the two tribes on the east side or tribe at a half stay. They had to come and fight the battle. Then when it, once it's possessed, read further, they went back to that place. But I want to tell you, God wanted everybody to participate. Number one, God wanted everyone to participate. He had the armed men. He had the priests and all the people. Number two, God wanted everyone to contribute, to take part in the action. Imagine, Can you imagine conversations 20, 40, 80 years from then? Can you imagine when Israel are in their homes or they decide to have church and they have a wiener roast and they're all sitting around and they start talking to their children and their grandchildren? You remember when we We marched around Jericho that seventh day, those seven times, those seven priests, the ark and all. We all shouted, I'm telling you, grandson, you should have been there. You would not imagine. Please tell your son if I don't live to see him that God is a miraculous God. It's the only reason we're on this ground at all. And ladies and gentlemen, we are obliged by God and obligated by God to carry this message to this generation and the next generation. Tell them what God has done. Tell them that God is a powerful God. And then live that in front of them. I would love to be at that fireplace in in the next generation. When the one said, we started to walk across that. It's dry ground in Jericho. Here was a wall of water. The priests were in the center of it. All of us came across a million, million and a half people. This wasn't a two-minute thing. This was a miraculous thing of God. See those rocks, son? See those rocks, grandson? They speak of what God has done for us it's so important that we not only tell them our youth need to experience it they need to watch us participate they need to see us contribute they need to see that we will benefit from it and that's the last one. God wanted everyone to benefit. By seeing what he did and how he did it, everyone got to be involved. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what God wants for Christ's Legacy Church. He wants us to know a direction. He wants us to be in one mind and one accord. And he wants us to participate. He wants us to contribute. And he wants us all to benefit. But it's not for us personally. It's for the kingdom itself. I've said so many times, God will give us seven days. And he said, I'll share seven days with you. But on the seventh day, you glorify me. God said, I'll give you this whole world. You can subdue it. You can have it all. And I will bless it. And God gave men the leadership of the planet, even though Satan robbed it. But aren't you glad for Christ? God will share everything with us our heartbeat, our breath, everything about us, but there's one thing God will not share with humanity, and that's his glory. And you know what? Our whole purpose is to live to glorify the God of creation. God wants us to benefit, but he gets the glory. Lastly, and number four, God provides for a total triumph. Look at verse 20. So the people shouted with the priests when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down what? Just like verse 5 said it would. Not just fall down, fell down flat church, because Israel repented and consecrated themselves to God again, because they took their worship and became holy and became obedient, they gave themselves completely to God's plan and obeyed his instruction. This now new generation experienced the triumph. Opening the way to the promised land and would do so watch this with anticipation of Continued victories mom and dad when you have a victory tell your children. God has them for them. Also Moms dad's youth church God desires that we experience victories in every area of our lives. I Want to just make a statement? God wants you to have victory in marriage. God wants you to have victory in your income. God wants you to have victory with your children. Hardest job in the world is raise a child the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. God wants you to be successful spiritually, domestically. God wants us to be blessed people. So many times, we've, we've heard the message for the last 40 years about all the excess. But I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest riches that we're going to have is not only here, it's laid up treasures in heaven. You know what? We live in better houses probably than we ever thought we would. We drive better cars. I'm beginning to wonder about that. I wish I'd just leave the computers out of them. How many of you vote for no computers and cars? We need to give General Motors that direction. I'm just kidding. God wants us to be triumphant in our lives, our marriages, our families, our church, and our nation. But we must pursue things of God God desires that we overcome obstacles that stand in our way God desires that we experience the blessed life in our journey while on earth but as we pursue these things we need to understand God is omnipotent God is sovereign God is holy God is loving God is merciful, and because of these, he selects his way that sometimes go against our normal thinking. Isn't it amazing to follow God? Sometimes in life, teenagers, you don't have any idea sometimes what kind of steps mom and dad have to take of pure faith. Are you kidding? We're called to walk? Listen, we're, as Christians, we're called to walk when there's no place to step. We're called to believe when there's no proof of belief, at least for the future sometime. We're called to be obedient when everything in the flesh would, would pull itself against it. We're called to stand when we can see nothing but we're supposed to look into nothing and know that god is already in what we think is nothing but know this he will also determine a particular outcome he will also set a criteria that will challenge our willingness to cooperate with him lord not my will but what if even the son of god had to war with the will of the human mind and flesh he laid it down and he did that for our benefit and for our complete victory and for us us to experience a triumphant life ladies and gentlemen god wants to bless your life So what do you say let's decide to complete the journey how many of you will make it with victory at the end why don't we decide that we're going to turn our eyes upon Jesus we're going to look full in his wonderful face and we're going to be holy because God is holy And we're going to obey because God has given us orders and direction, and he already has a plan with an outcome. And let us determine we will walk by faith and not by reason and not by logic and not by feeling. We're going to walk according to the word of the everlasting God.